show number 77 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Show 77. 77. Look at his butt 77 times. I could do that all night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Easily. Well, I think um, the first topic of conversation should be the movie. Because there's, there's been a ton of movie information There's been lately. news, there's been rumors, there's been speculations. Yeah. So um, I'll start off with a joke, though. Yes, uh, which, always open with a joke. Which was sent to us by our good, our good friend and, and our man in New Zealand, Gregory Gray. He says, so, an Australian, a New Zealander, a Scotsman, a Korean, a Russian, as well as several Americans and a Canadian all walk onto a film set in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. It's true. It's very true. Um, apparently, they have completed the casting of the major characters. Yes. And fittingly, the last one to be announced, of course, was Kirk. Captain Kirk. Yes. Um, who's going to be played by this guy, Chris Pine. Right, who I know nothing about. Me neither. I went and looked him up. Um, so I saw a couple pictures, mm-hmm. and I have seen none of the things he's done, which is fine with me. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure there are people going, oh, my God, you didn't see that, you didn't see that. But we've been saying all along, you know, they, they should cast people who are not mm-hmm. known as certain other characters or, you know, name stars. Yeah, yeah so, um So that's okay. Yeah. So let me read what it says. I'm at IMDb right now. And I will tell you what they actually have online. So as we know, it's being directed by J.J. Abrams. I will read the writing credits. It says, Alex Kurtzman, screenplay, and Roberto Orci, also screenplay. And You're going to hear my Mac starting up. Gene Roddenberry, characters. Okay. What a happy noise that is. Mm-hmm. I love your computer. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, cast in alphabetical order. Starting with Zachary Quinto. All right. Uh, Whatever. Zachary Quinto as Spock. Chris Pine as Kirk. Eric Abana as Nero. Now him I know. Okay. So he's the bad guy, Nero. Uh, Simon Pegg as Scotchy. And him I know. Yeah, I know him too. Um, Zoe Saldana as Uhura. And note that they gave her the fanfic name here. In Yota? In Yota, because they never called her that in canon. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they pronounce it, too. Yeah. Now, it says Mike Vogel listed, and then it says rumored after. I have no idea what that means, what part he would be rumored for. God, I've run across that Have name. you? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, um, Anton Yelchin as Pavel Chekhov. Carl Urban as Leonard McCoy. Leonard Nimoy as Spock. And John Cho as Sulu. So, um, where do you want to start with all the, the things to talk about? Um, do you have something to share here? Well, yeah, that's why I started up my computer. Oh, crap. <laughs> We're going to have to do this on rumor because I, don't, I can't get into anything okay. right now. Um, okay, so I went and looked at, let's start with Chris Pine. I went and looked at some pictures of him, mm-hmm. and um, he looks like he could, you know, maybe be young Kirk. Uh-huh, yeah. So, and, and that's really... All I have to say about it, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, well, let's talk about the Nimoy thing because there's a couple things here we need to talk about. First of all, it does say he's playing Spock. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, as you guys probably know, there have been rumors flying that that we helped perpetuate <laughs> that Bill was going to be in it. Yay, yay, yay! And then Bill on his Shatner Vision, mm-hmm. which is back now. Yeah. Um, did a, a, a recording where saying, no, they no. didn't get that information from me, and I'm, I'm not in it as far as I know. Yeah, and I have that. I put that up on the blog. For people who want to see it, I just put it up there. And, of course, the best line in that whole thing is, I don't do cameos. Well, <laughs> that's what I want to talk about, one of the things. Um, 
in the articles I've been seeing that he was doing a cameo, it also said that Leonard was doing a cameo. Mm -hmm. Now, Leonard turned down generations mm -hmm. because he felt it, it did nothing for Spock. That, you know, mm -hmm. it was absolutely nothing. So I don't believe Leonard would do this either if it was a cameo, especially when he says he has retired from acting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it's probably a little more than a cameo. Well, Bill said as much. He said that Leonard has a substantial part in the story. So yeah. like, whatever that means, I'm not really sure. Um, the other thing is, though, if you go to Shatner Vision and watch the thing you posted, you should also watch the one that was posted the next day, which is a continuation of mm -hmm. the same conversation, in which Bill explains why not having him in the movie was a bad business decision on their part. <laughs> Oh, I can see him, him doing that. Now, I will say that this is Hollywood. Things could change at a moment's notice. Mm -hmm. And as much as Bill might be saying, you know, yesterday that he's not in the movie, the movie hasn't started filming yet. The movie's going to be filming for a couple of months at least. He could still be in it. And it, Well, it's supposed to start filming like in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so, so you, know, you never know. Who knows? You never know. Um, so I wanted to just say a word about Carl Urban as um, Bones McCoy. I actually think it's a fairly interesting choice. Mm -hmm. He's from New Zealand, you know. Oh, okay. Um, and he played Aemer in Lord of the Rings. Right, and that's and, where I know him from. And um, he, he played Aemer fairly cranky, I thought. You know, he had a yeah, furrowed yeah. brow a lot of the time, pretty pretty serious. Mm -hmm. So I hope he can bring a little bit of humor to the role. Right. That, that would be really nice. Now, the other thing I want, do you want to talk about casting more? Because I had something we um, really need to discuss. I was just going to say, um, Simon Pegg, I know him from um, some, he's English and some of the, the stuff that he's done. So he was in Hot Fuzz, which was. Right. And um, uh, Shaun, Shaun of, of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Yes. yes. So he actually can act and has a good sense of humor. Um, we'll see if he can pull off the flawless Scottish accent well, required I, by casting. And yes, and apparently, but the thing I was thinking was, oh, good, then Scotchy is going to be even more of a joke than he was, having him actually played by an, a known comedian, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, also, I was just checking that um, the guy who's been cast to play Sulu is actually Korean. Now, Sulu's nationality has been debated many, many times, and there is never a... Uh, sort of, this is exactly what he is. And, you know, George Takei is Japanese, obviously, but I think Sula was meant to be more like a kind of pan-Asian character. Oh, okay. Fusion. Like, a, he's an Asian fusion character, yes. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, anyway, it's interesting, you know, that they, they've cast this Korean guy, and I'm wondering, I'm wondering if they're going to do anything to try to... Um, make his character a little bit more one ethnicity over another. Not that it's important, I'm just curious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would be interesting. Okay, I think that's all I have to say. Okay, well, I sent you a thing saying we have to discuss this. Did you happen to get that email? Maybe you could even yes, open that link. I will. I will do that because I read it and I thought it was stupid. Well, that's why we have to talk about it. <laughs> um, it was basically an article that appeared somewhere, and Lena will probably post a link so you can yes, go read it. I will but do it, that. this person was saying why Star Trek needs to ignore the Trekkies, mm -hmm. you know, in, in doing this movie. And I had some very mixed feelings on this because I was thinking, it was saying how the last six Trek movies have done really crappy mm -hmm. at the box office. And I'm thinking, well, a good part of that is because they were crappy movies. <laughs> exactly. And if the producers were putting this out going, well, we can rely on our Trekkies, so let's pander to the Trekkies, mm -hmm. which they didn't do a very good job of anyway. They are making the stupid assumption that those of us who like Star Trek will go for anything that says it is Star Trek. Mm -hmm. And obviously, to me, you know, they were putting out all kinds of crap and just putting the Star Trek 
stamp on it, mm-hmm. which accounts for the Enterprise series and the these past movies that were very bad. And the article also points out that the movie that did the best was um, the Wales one, yep. Voyage Home. And I'm also thinking, well, part of that was that was the best reviewed of the Trek movies. Mm-hmm. It did get, I think, the best reviews, and that drew in additional audience. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, I don't think you should totally piss on the Trekkies, but I do think you should produce something of quality. Mm-hmm. And my fear is that if they say, well, you know, fuck the Trekkies, we're making the movie we want, that they're going to make a movie that to me is a very generic sci-fi movie mm-hmm. of what we see right now, where it's a lot of action, um, the characters aren't all that important, they throw in phony angst and say, look, we've given them depth, mm-hmm. and where it's going to rely very much on um, on action things rather than the characters and, and, and their relationships. Yes, and gadgets, special effects, mm-hmm. and things like that. That is my fear, because... What made Trek great and why it's still watchable now is not because we're so wowed by the action or the gadgets, which we consistently mm-hmm. laugh at now, but the characters and their relationships, the problems they face and the decisions they have to make are still compelling. And I don't think that's going to be true of the other sci-fi action movies that are coming out now. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with you. I, I think that that's true. So I just want to make a few comments on the stuff that he discusses in the article. Sure, so, sure. So the first thing is that, uh, let me just read what he says here. Like most fan groups, Trekkies vastly overestimate their size and influence. Don't get me wrong, I'm not suggesting that there aren't respectable numbers of Trekkies out there, or there are. However, they're not the world-moving army that they seem to believe they are. The number of Trekkies have consistently shrank over the years. I think he means shrunk. Without ever adding new blood to their numbers, it is a movement that has been losing old fans while falling to add new ones. I think that's not true. Okay, it has certainly stumbled in adding a lot of new ones, yes. but it has added new ones. And I also found it very ironic that um, this article, at least as far as me finding it, came neck on neck with the article saying, we have to add more showings of menagerie because uh, well, of demand. Exactly. See, that's the thing. So, uh, and, and it's a badly written article. Granted, this person is not a journalist without ever adding new blood to their numbers, which is just completely not mm-hmm. true. Um, the fact that they have to do things like that, the fact that the Star Trek experience is still open in Las Vegas and people are going and some of the shows are sold out, the fact that they're showing remastered Trek on television, mm-hmm. that they're probably going to sell an incredible amount of these DVDs when they come out. I, I just disagree with that premise that they're losing old fans and not adding any yep. new fans. I just don't think that's true. And then the other thing is that in the discussion here of the money that the movies were making, um, he points out that the last Star Trek movie to break $100 million was over 20 years ago with The Voyage Home, as you pointed out. But you know what? First Contact made $93 million. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good for a science fiction movie, mm-hmm. and that was one of the better movies, you know, mm-hmm. like in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, it was it's a, certainly better than these other. Better than Generations, and it was definitely better than Insurrection or Nemesis. It, it was an interesting um, take on Next Generation, and they had the Borg, and it, there was a lot of exciting stuff that happened in there. That was a pretty decent movie. So, to to say. The last movie to break over 100 million was 20 years ago. Okay, so the next one after that was 93 million, which is only 7 million less, and mm-hmm. that was in 1996. So you know, I, that, that when we were all still on 14.4 baud. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just bad writing, right mm-hmm. there. Anyway, um, 
So he concludes by saying, true Star Trek fans will be there to see the new movie regardless. No, I don't think that's true that at all. And that's why the last movie did so badly, like you were saying. Nemesis was a sucky movie. Nobody went to see it. it and was, that's it why awful. so many Trekkies feel that the last couple of series got worse and worse yes. and worse under the, the Bran and Braga um, leadership. Yep. And I use that term loosely. Because... They were not, I'm not saying cater to the Trekkies, but they were not interested mm-hmm. in actually doing Star Trek. Yep. They were interested in having a built-in audience, which they abused, so they could put their crap out there. Yep. And that's what they've been doing. Yeah, and it just, as you said, it turned into generic science fiction kind of stuff, and it lost the magic that was Trek mm-hmm. that they, they had. So I, I think that this is um, just not a very smart take on what they need to do. And I think they're going to have to walk a very, very fine line between respecting what went before and trying to break some new ground and, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to tell a new story with these characters that we know inside and out, basically. Right. You know, that's going to be the most difficult thing because I, I, I think it's going to be an almost impossible task to show characters that we know so well, like Mm -hmm. Kirk and Spock and McCoy and, and go back and show them at the beginning of their careers and have them remain true to the characters that they would become later on. Well, and also, I'm sorry, you know, maybe they're going to do a great job with this, but the whole idea that these whole group of seven people or whatever have now been together since their early 20s. Yeah. And for me, part of... I don't know. The whole man- magic of the whole canon was the idea that, yes, Kirk was always Kirk and Spock was Spock and what were their lives like mm-hmm. before that. But then there's this magic where finally there's the the right mix and i'm not just talking theatrically but i'm talking about in the story where mm-hmm. you have this crew that becomes legendary and they come together on the enterprise under kirk as captain mm-hmm. you know that they i don't know it just i don't know it's almost a camelot thing mm-hmm. you know that he gathered the knights yes. and that you know before that yeah he was arthur he was doing some good stuff but the stuff that really lives yeah Starts at that moment. Yeah. You know? I, I agree. And that's the magic of the ensemble is that it, it happens yeah. just at that particular moment when it's those particular people in that combination. And and what I liked about the movies to to a certain extent was that they showed um, some of the characters not in the ensemble anymore, but, but being able to come back and at least participate a little bit. And I thought the fact that they gave Sulu his own ship was really nice, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, he's not going to stay the helmsman forever. That doesn't yes. make any sense. If yes. this is any kind of realistic world, people are going to go on and try and advance in their careers and do and, other and things. And Chekhov and Wrath of Khan was the security yeah. officer under Paul Winfield. Yeah. You know, he wasn't with the Enterprise anymore. In fact, you know, at that point, nobody was with the Enterprise anymore except Spock commanding it as a... Uh, a training ship. Yeah, so I think that that was very important, and I, I just I still don't understand how they're going to retcon all this to make these people come together with the dis- the differences in their ages and the stuff from canon about Spock not going to the academy. And well, we've already established uh, that's not in canon. I know we screwed that up. I McCoy know. was not at the academy, yeah. and um, that's one of the other things that I believe. IMDb might be wrong on is there IMDb still says it's an academy story. Yeah, yeah. And most of the other rumors, speculations, and statements coming out of people like the writers is that it is not. Yeah. That it's probably set more during the time that um, Kirk was serving under Garavik. Yeah. So maybe, you know, maybe we're going to see Garavik. I've also heard rumors that both of Kirk's parents are going to be in it. <laughs> and I do hope it's Marjorie. <laughs> That will just be such a treat. Who would you cast as Marjorie? 
me. <laughs> okay, secondarily, who would oh, you cast as you? <laughs> I can't do the Francis McDormand. <gasps> oh my god, would that not be the best? Oh my god, that would be so perfect. You know who else has a really good Minnesota accent? Yeah. This is and 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 she she has Trek history. Um Kirsty what's her name? Who played uh Savick? Kirstie Alley? Yes. Really? There is a really funny movie. I forget what it's called, but it's about a beauty pageant in Minnesota. Oh, that's funny. And Kirsten Dunst is in it. Oh, that's And uh, Kirstie Alley is the mother of one of the contestants. And all of them have the Minnesota accents. In fact, one of them, I swear, reminds me so much of an aunt of mine. Not the one who has the accent, a different aunt. But, um... It's, it, it, she's just really funny. The line of hers that just lives with me is this young guy who's in his gym clothes. You know, they're like sewing away uh-huh. on costumes, and he comes up and and she, and uh, and she's like, "Oh," you know, looking at him. And then as he walks away, she's sort of dazed, and she goes, "Hey to the folks, Tony." <laughs> you know, just sort of leaning over to to see more of him. But um, that would be pretty cool oh, to have her play Marjorie. That would be funny. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm glad you said Frances McDormand because she would actually be perfect because um, she she's a very uh, sharp actress in my oh, mind, yeah. and and her character in Fargo particularly was you know all kind of soft on the surface and totally like hard as steel underneath mm-hmm. that, which is the way I imagine Marjorie would be. Yeah. So that would be a, actually really good. I love Fargo. Ah! I absolutely love that. That would be great. I'd love to see her in a Trek movie. Yeah. Well, we'll see if they have any more casting stuff coming up. But, I mean, I guess I remain cautiously optimistic that this could actually turn out to yeah, be a good movie. Yeah, I'm not one of the people going, I won't go see it and I hate it already. Because I'm pretty sure I, I will go see it. But um, just a little worried, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go in with my self-distancing turned on. Mm-hmm. Because... In addition to all the Trek canon there is, I unfortunately have developed my own canon for what Kirk's early years were like and what was going on. And since I don't seem to be doing any writing and will never finish those stories, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like I might have a little problem with what I've been imagining being supplanted by things that maybe at some point my mind starts to regard as canon. You know, we each have our own little thing. So that's totally selfish. It's an alternate universe. Yeah. Just think of it that way. Well, I'm kind of thinking this is an alternate universe Uh, anyway. It's true. But, um... Well, let me mention one more thing before we finish. Um, A friend of yours sent you a link to a very funny video um, (laughs) about Shatner is Kirk. Oh, yes! (laughs) That was really funny. So this is hosted at a site that's um, YM... Y-T-M-N-D, which is, stands for You're the Man Now, Dog. And, oh, okay, thank you. And, what it, I, and I've, I've come across that site before, and what it is is um, people post looping videos, mm-hmm. and sometimes they have music to a bunch of clips, and they're fairly obnoxious. Some of them are hysterically funny. And this one is really good, and it's called Shatner is Kirk. I'll put the link up. And it's um, Kirk coming on on the computer screen, the casting of Chris Pine. <laughs> As Kirk. It's very funny. It's very funny, and we don't want to give away what happens, but it's very, very short and and totally delightful. Yes, so thanks to that friend of mine who uh, sent that to me. And it just is, you know, Shatner is Kirk. Well, of course. (laughs) Absolutely. And you know what was funny to me also, viewing that little clip of Bill denying that he was going to be in Star Trek, was the way that um, he talks about 
the way he talks about Kirk. Just, you know, I am Kirk. I wanted to talk about that because he was saying, well, you know, it's been my identity. Yes. And there was, you know, such a long time when he was not self-identifying yep. as Kirk, and now he's actually trying to to claim the character, yep. you know. So it's it's quite a turnaround, and it's very interesting. It is. And he says it seriously, too, he which does. is good. He, he does. He seems very, very serious about it. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. Uh, okay. So that's the deal with the movie. More information as it happens. Um, so let's take a break, and then we'll come back with something else. Okay. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. We want to hear from you. Leave comments at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. Send email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. This entire podcast recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. This is TSFPN.com, the sci-fi podcast network. You found the best podcast in the universe. Boston Legal. Boston Legal. Okay, well, let me look at the clock. I think, okay, we've watched now, one, two, three, four and a half hours of it. Yeah. In what? Um, 20 minutes? <laughs> it was a little bit longer than that. It was, um, it was about an hour, actually. Oh, okay. A little over an hour. Okay, so we were really super fast-forwarding through this. We did not watch a single case. No, because as I just said, who cares? <laughs> really. And, and I'm going to share with you, uh, listeners, what I shared with Lena, which is, you know, of course, I'm the person in charge of taping the show, and I also watch it as I'm taping, which enables us to skip the non-bill yes, yes. parts when we're going to review it. Well, when I was taping the opening episode of this season, which was an hour and a half long, they'd mashed two episodes together. And 45 minutes into it, I was going, oh my God, this is so formulaic, so going over the same tired ground over and over. Why am I even watching it? And then came this exquisite scene, and I went, okay, that's why I'm watching it. But really... I, I cannot say I am at all impressed with Boston Legal this season. Um, they they've brought on a few new characters, and it's just the same old, same old. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they've broken any ground. So the biggest change is that there's some cast changes. Mm-hmm. So um, Brad and Denise are pretty much gone, although Brad was in it a little bit as a as an assistant, assistant DA, DA, right? And Paul is gone. Mm-hmm. And uh, I forget. Was that it? Um, as far as who's gone, gone, yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, and then there's some new people. Right now, um, Christian Clemenson, who plays Jerry Espenson, is now a regular. Yes, which is a good thing. And there is a new young female lawyer named Katie, who is sharing an office with Jerry. Right. There's another new female attorney whose name I don't know, but she wears a Cleopatra wig, <laughs> and is she's basically the replacement for Bitchy Do. Yes, she is. And uh, and then there is John Larroquette uh-huh. as Sack, yes. who is Paul's replacement. And those are the changes. And then there's Lorraine. Oh, toothpick woman. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. God. So so you got a whole bunch of new people running around, and the 
the things that you expect to happen happen. So the the new female attorney Katie, who has to share an office with um, uh, Jerry, is obviously designed to be his love interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we were noticing, and, and I pegged this immediately, um, the woman who plays that role is uh, very interesting looking. She doesn't look like a blonde model, although she happens to be blonde. Um, she has an interesting face, and she's English, and she just has a, a very different look to her. Mm-hmm. Um, not a model. And obviously the only person that they could pair her up with would be the, the other non-hot male character who's in here because they couldn't put Jerry with a really hot model and they couldn't put her with one of the leads because she's not good looking enough. Yeah. Because that's the way they do it on the show. Yeah. So yeah. they have to pair them up like that. Um, so good, good for playing into stereotypes. There you go. Um, you mentioned this, that um, when, when uh, John Larroquette's character comes on, he's a total asshole in most of the first episode, and then he kind of softens up toward the end. And yeah. Then he doesn't, he's, his character kind of doesn't have a personality after that, as far as I could tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever personality he had, it's gone. Yeah. He's just a guy. Yeah, he was supposed to be the new sheriff who was going to crack the whip, so he did crack the whip for the first episode, and then that was just it. turned into another one of the, the players. Yeah. And then uh, Lorraine, the the skeleton woman who is brought in as the obvious sexual interest for Alan, turns out to be the sexual interest for Alan. Yeah. And he ends up banging her in the elevator and in various other places. And she is excruciatingly, painfully thin. Yeah. It it is not pleasant to look at her. Yeah. I was Googling her um, just because I wanted to know if she was really English because she's got kind of a mid-Atlantic accent and she is, Mm -hmm. in fact, English. And she used to be a model. (laughs) <laughs> Gosh! Explains why she surprised, and also she happens to be uh, openly gay, which I thought was kind of interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So, just as a little sidelight there. Um, so, I guess um, we'll give we'll do some spoilers because if you're watching it at all, you know this already. But the, the thing about um, John Larroquette's character, who's named Carl, his first name is Carl. Okay, I couldn't think of that. Um, is that he is he's with Shirley. Right. I was going to say he's sleeping with her, but they seem to actually be romantically involved. So, mm-hmm. um, And this is a big blow to Denny when he finds out about it. Right. <laughs> That's it. I have nothing That's else it. to say about oh, that. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> what I was going to say is before Denny uh, knows about it, they he and Shirley have this absolutely wonderful scene, beautifully played, beautifully yes. written. Yep. Where they're, they're sort of nostalgic for what they had in the past and both... Uh, helping each other to be comfortable with the fact that they're now old. Mm-hmm. And just a, a wonderful scene that would have been so easy to play Hallmark Hall of Fame or Maudlin yeah, or something. It was wonderful. Really beautiful. And I went, okay, yeah, that was great. But then in the next, I don't know, three episodes or whatever, although there were some, some you know, fun scenes with Bill and stuff, there was nothing at that level. No, no. And and it was one instance where they let two actors act. Yes. They actually let them do some great acting mm-hmm. right there with very, I mean, it was the two of them just sitting on a couch talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Very low key. And it was just, had such amazing depth to it. And it had poignancy. It was beautifully played. It was great. Um... So there were a couple good balcony scenes at the end of the the one episode where um, I won't even go into why it happened, but um, Alan decided he was going to put on his Lennon sister's dress. That was amusing yes. to see him in that dress and to see Denny sort of eyeing him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was good. 
And um, there was just a lot of talking about sleeping with people and relationships and women and this and that and blah, 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 blah. And then there were these court cases. And then there were court cases. Which were, which were um, again, com- completely predictable. Yeah. And they won far more often than they should have. Well, and they always do. Yeah. So basically, you know, Boston Legal... Um, from what I understand that this is a, a flaw with David E. Kelly shows is that he gets tired of them, or somebody gets tired of them, or anyway, after after a few years, and they just keep doing cash shakeups and cash shakeups, yeah. and uh, I don't know. I, I feel like they had established some pretty strong characters, and it would seem to me that once you've established strong characters, they should take on more of a life of their own instead of being manipulated into this you know, whatever the writers feel like writing. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I have to say, you said this as we were watching it, that, you know, maybe the writers are tired. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, maybe it's the other word. <laughs> maybe it's lazy. The L word. <laughs> the L word. <laughs> that could be it. That yeah. could definitely be it. I mean, who knows? I, I totally agree with you, though, that, you know, they obviously made a bunch of cast changes to try and shake things up a little bit, and it didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Nothing has happened, and there are no fresh ideas happening here. You know, I don't see any character growth or anything changing. You know, it's the same old stuff. I, I was wondering, you know, out of all the attractive female lawyers who have come through the doors, how many of them has Alan slept with? All, all of them. So there's nothing new there, you mm-hmm. know. He sleeps with a woman and he tells some story about how this relates to him losing his virginity. It's like, big deal. That's, yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't help us understand anything. It doesn't well, help him grow. and they... they <laughs> They have no patience with relationships on this show yeah. because, okay, Alan was involved with this judge, Gloria, mm-hmm. and it didn't really look like much of a relationship to me. They were sleeping together, mm-hmm. but that was about as far as it goes. And then all of a sudden she's saying, I want to have your baby. Yeah. Well, you know, what, <sighs> I mean, that to me came out of nowhere. It certainly seemed that way to Alan, too. Mm-hmm. And the woman playing her looks a little different than she did last year, a little puffier around the face. So, of course, he tells her no. And, you know, in one or two more episodes, she's going to show up uh-huh. pregnant, sure. saying, well, the reason I brought it up was I was already pregnant with your child. You know, it's just, it's so overplayed. And now, all of a sudden, here's, um, we suddenly see Shirley and Carl Sack together. And two minutes later, she's telling Denny, yeah, I think I love him. Mm-hmm. It's like, where, when did this involvement start? It's obvious that it started before he came to mm-hmm. Boston to, to help out at the firm. And it's... There's there's just no development nope. of anything. Nope. I mean, really, the only relationships that do develop are the ones between the lawyers. Mm-hmm. And and all we're seeing of that is a lot of bickering right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, there's there's not a lot going on. I don't know. I I mean, it's nice that they're they're deciding to have this relationship between Jerry and Katie, but um, it's it's so predictable. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're just. They're not doing as much as they could with that. And, and to your point, you had said about Katie that she's supposed to be fresh out of law school and she happens to be a really good lawyer. And in, in her non-court life, she seems to be a little shy. I mean, she's mm-hmm. like Jerry in that way. And wouldn't have been great if she had been a real barracuda in the courtroom, but they're not doing that. No. No. And and the the woman with the Cleopatra wig, I mean, again, another stereotype. She's like the sassy black woman, mm-hmm. you know, with the big mouth. Yeah. Like, we haven't seen that enough. Right, right. Yeah. Because <laughs> you never see that on TV. You never do. Never, never ever. Never. So, 
I hope it gets better. I hope so, too. I hope they, they pull themselves together, but I think they, they simply do not know what to do, and mm-hmm. now they're they're almost running the clock out. You know, let's do these bizarre court cases, and then at the end, let's have this scene with Denny and Alan, and, and there it's a show. Yep. Until we can... And, you know, we, we throw all the names in the hat and shake them up and go, okay, this week, you know, the janitor's in love with Shirley or whatever. Yep. So... so give, mm. And give Bill more to do. Yeah. You know, this, he's the star of the show. <laughs> I got to talk about the one bad scene. Oh, yeah. Talk about that. Because that was pretty um, stupid. When Bill found out, or when Denny <laughs> found out about Shirley and, and Carl, the next scene we see is him in Alan's arms supposedly sobbing, but... There, it's not sobbing, uh-huh. and it was a very awkward scene that I felt was being played just for the novelty of having men in each other's arms. Because uh-huh. certainly there was nothing in the dialogue that could not have been played with them just sitting in the office or, you know, standing at the urinal, uh-huh. you know, whatever. And so, the, and it, I swear, is about the closest I've ever seen Bill Shatner come to phoning it in. Yeah, I agree with you. I will agree with you there. And contrast that to the scene, I think, that was in the first one where um, Denny is complaining to Alan that he's um, the reason he sees hookers is because he's not so attractive anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was actually well played. And it was yes. sort of the same thing where he's he's saying this to Alan and they're very close and he's kind of grabbing his shoulders. He's like, look at me. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm just not attractive anymore. And, and Alan is trying to reassure him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, Denny, I think you're very attractive. And they are in each other's arms, but in a much different way. You know, as, as sort of a more reassuring thing. And, right. and Alan sort of saying, you know, you feel very firm or whatever he says. And it's funny. But yes. it's, it's in a much, it's like a, a delicate, playful sort of thing that really works with this strange, flirty relationship mm-hmm. that they've had all along. And I thought that scene was really well done. Right. And well, especially given that that Denny has these intimacy issues, you mm-hmm. know, with other men that, you know, that, and for uh, here's part of it. Is for that scene where the, where he's so upset about Shirley to be played that way without there being any shock or surprise on Alan's part or any comment by either of them about that this is out of character for him. Mm-hmm. That's that's part of what made it so bad. It was bad. I agree. It was strictly novelty. You yeah. know, it it was a stunt. Yeah. Now. Um Back when Brad and Denise were first having their relationship, wasn't the big deal that you weren't supposed to have relationships with someone else who was working there at the firm? Wasn't that like what they were afraid of was being found out or something? Well, remember they made such a big deal out of, at one point, and I'm forgetting who it was, that there was a partner sleeping with yeah. a, a more junior member, and that was bad, 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 bad. Right, we could right. not have that. But if it's between partners, it's okay? Well, and, but then there, that was not an issue, even though Brad was a partner and Denise was not. Okay. I remember talking about this. I'm just thinking about the, the Shirley-Carl relationship, and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm waiting for kind of the other shoe to drop there that, you know, she's sleeping with him. Oh, so nobody's questioning the fact that she brought him to Boston so that they could be together? Right. Isn't and, that wrong? Well, here's the other thing. The implication to me there was exactly that, that she brought him to Boston so they could be together. And the minute I, I saw that or realized that, I lost a lot of respect for Shirley. Yeah, because she wouldn't do that. No. No. Ugh. So I'll say one other thing. Um, in the, the, I think the last one we were watching, or maybe the second to the last one, um, they had a, a friend of Denny's who is obviously a, a longtime um, Army veteran, um, who has recently come out as gay, and he's played by Sam McMurray. And I remember Sam McMurray because he used to be on the Tracy Ullman show. 
Oh, it was you're so right. good. And I particularly remember that um, Tracy Ullman played um, uh, a little girl, and I can't remember what her name was. And her she had two dads. So her real dad, who's played by Dan Castellaneta, who's the voice of Homer, right, right, and Sam McMurray. And in one episode, and and this was one of the first shows where they actually, you know, played the two gay dads thing. And and so the way she introduced him, she said, and this is my dad, and this is my William. (laughs) (laughs) And it was so sweet. And they were so good as as a gay couple because Mm -hmm. he was... Dan Castellaneta was sort of the the more straight acting one, and Sam McMurray was definitely the more queeny type. Mm-hmm. But it was so good and so sweet and so wonderful, and they all loved each other so much. And he was just wonderful as this like really big burly gay man who, um, in one episode, she had a paper that was due, and she stayed up all night writing it. He was helping her with it, and then it was like three o'clock in the morning, and she she was finally finished writing it. She, oh no! Now I have to type it, and he he just said like, "Get out of my way, girlfriend! I'm going to type this for you." Because he was, you know, he had been like a champion typer in high school or something like that. Sits down at the typewriter with this huge flourish, and it's like. It was so good. It was so wonderful. That's about how I remember Sam McMurray because he was great in that role. That's very cool. It was great. Um, but th- then they had the one, I mean, we didn't watch any of the court cases, so I don't know how heavily they laid on the, like, you know, leftist liberal stuff. But in this one, they were talking about the war. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about his nephew. And, and then he says, oh, your nephew's not being sent over to Iraq, is he? And he, he says, oh, no, I sent him to Canada first, <laughs> which was really good coming from an Army veteran. So. Right. And also the way he just is sort of tossed that around. Yeah. Like, like, it wasn't an issue. He would go to Canada. There's nothing, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that was good. There was also one really nice thing, of course, in one of the balcony scenes in one of the episodes that had dealt with uh, male-female relationships. And, and Bill had just these great lines that were, were pure Bill about, um, ah, women, I love them all. <laughs> and they all love me. <laughs> that was Bill. And that made me very happy. That was definitely Bill. So that was great. Yep. You know, I feel like sometime you and I should do a show, sitting on a balcony, <laughs> drinking, not smoking, but, you know. We could do that. Drinking and just sort of talking. and We could do that. Well, you know. Wearing our Lennon sisters' outfits. It's it's too cold to sit on the balcony now yes. unless we do it in the middle of the day, unfortunately. Yeah. So um, maybe next summer we can sit out on my deck. We could take some chairs out there. Okay. Oh, yeah. We have to have bizarre lawn furniture to sit in. I have bizarre lawn furniture. Okay. That's not a problem. Then we're all set. Okay. Well, we'll do it. We'll do it. I, in fact, I even have um, uh, umbrellas to put into drinks if you want to do little <laughs> drinks with umbrellas. I also have straws that have flamingos on them. So I have a straw that has, I think, Donald Duck on it or really? something. These are really cool. They're regular bendy straws, and then they have these little ruffled pink flamingos that go around the outside of them. They're very cute. I like that. Yeah, so we could do that. Are we done with Boston? I think so. I just want to say, you know, note to the producers and everything. You, what are you? What the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that's my note to the producers. Okay. What the hell are you doing? All right, I, I like that. Um, let's see. So uh, I got a couple of um, newsy things here that I wanted to mention. Oh, okay. So because we we can talk for a little bit longer here. Okay. Um, number one is you had mentioned this to me. Um, a note on the William Shatner discussion boards that says, just a quick note to say that Shatner Vision comes to an end this Saturday. I'm sure it will be back in some form or another. The Shatner Vision channel on live video will remain up for a while. But they keep posting new stuff to it. So well, no, for a couple of weeks they didn't at all. Yeah. And, uh, and then they just recently started again, and I never heard <laughs> why it went away for a while or why it has 
has now come back. But, okay. Um, for a while there, you know, they stopped posting new stuff, mm-hmm. like I said. And then they started posting again. But um, it, it wasn't interviews with Bill. And now it's back to being interviews with Bill about things. Oh, okay. And that's where we got the, you yeah. know, the latest on him being, not being, being, not being in the movie. Okay. Well, that was weird that they went made it go away, and now it's back, and now they're not explaining why it's back. Well, maybe they did, and I just haven't been able to keep up. I've oh. been so damn busy. Oh, okay. All right. Well, um, for those of you who like to watch Shatner Vision, it's there. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, you know, there's some fun stuff. I mean, I keep checking in and, mm-hmm. and stuff. Well, it's always fun to see Bill talking. Yes. Because the things that come out of his mouth are just not what you would expect a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. That's a mad cow. Okay. Um, And then one more thing. Um, You had sent this to me a while ago. Um, There is a webpage, and it's called Star Trek The Tour. Oh, yes. And if you go there, all it is is a placeholder page where you can enter your email address to get more information. Which I did. And did they send you anything? Nothing yet. So I Googled it, and I found some stuff. And um, this, I, I, I searched and searched, and this was the most information that I could find about it, which came from a totally unrelated site. So it's a site called Metropolitan Talent. Okay. Um, and apparently they're the people who are promoting this thing. So let me read to you what it says on their website. Okay. Metropolitan Talent, Inc. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> has joined with SEE Touring, Inc. to be the national, I don't know what the hell, to be the national promoter for Star Trek, colon, the tour. A multimedia mobile theme park celebrating the 40th anniversary of the incredibly successful franchise. Star Trek, colon, the tour, will include original props and sets from all of the series and movies, virtual reality rides, historical perspectives, and visits from the Star Trek cast and crew. (gasps) The tour will cover 40 U.S. cities over the next five years and will provide adventure and excitement for all who are interested in a novel experience for the whole family. Okay, 40 cities. It's easily going to come to San Francisco. Oh, totally. So that sounds great. (laughs) Well, is this the set that toured and disappeared and the, the, uh, the guy got it at auction? I have no idea. That's all it says. I Googled all over the place. There's a little article about it at Memory Alpha, which is like the Star Trek wiki mm-hmm. thing, and they don't have they have less information than I found at wow. this site. I wonder if they're going to hook up with the guy who has the wax figures. That would be great. <gasps> so I, I think, you know, um, virtual reality rides, visits from the cast and crew, that could be really good. We'll totally be there. So um, I, We're signed up to yeah, get info. Um, so you can go there. It's, it's StarTrekTheTour.com, and I'll put the link up. Sign up and get some information. Or if you know more about this, like if you've heard about it somewhere else, let us know. Yes. Because there has been hardly anything. I mean, I was browsing around uh, a couple of message boards in different places, and mostly it's people going, what is this? And, yeah. <laughs> and, and people going, I don't know. So nobody seems to know anything right now. Wow. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Okay. All right. Um, let's take another little break, and then we can we can do a few fun things right here at the end. Okay. Cue the music. segment of the show. Okay, good, 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 because that's what it's going to be. All right. Oh, but one thing we didn't plan on we need to talk about. Yeah. (laughs) 
They named an asteroid after George Takei. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> so I think they need to name a fucking planet after Bill. They need to name a galaxy after Bill. Shatner's Pleasure Planet. Oh. <laughs> you can bet on that. Okay, let's talk about Steam Trek first. Okay, good. Where did you get this from, anyway? Did someone send that to you? I think so. Oh, it's so funny. I can't remember where I... I, I put it up on the... Oh, somebody had posted it to the Shatner board saying, this oh. is really funny, and then somebody else pisses on their parade by going, oh, this other one's funnier. And I went to Steam Trek, and I went, oh my God, this is hilarious. Oh, it was really good. So I put it up on the blog. You can just click through it. It's about 10 minutes long, so you need to block off a little time to watch it. And it was made by, I think, some folks in England, and it's basically um, a silent movie version of what Star Trek might have been like had it been filmed in the very early part of last century. Um, and it is really, really good. Um, it's, it's, you know, they, they used whatever kind of um, video magic techniques to make it look like it was an old choppy thing, and it's got, um, you know, the title cards instead of the people talking, and it's very, you know, big gestures and all that kind of stuff, and it's a very typical story, right? They run out of fuel, they yep. gotta go down to the planet to get it, and they're out of coal. They're out of coal, and the guy, there's some bad guys down there who want to take over the ship, and they kidnap the woman, and um, stuff ensues. <laughs> It's, it's very, very. Funny. It is just so funny. First of all, the piano accompaniment. Oh, it's perfect. Is is fantastic. I love it. But the part that it, Spock was cracking me up so bad because the <laughs> Spock costume. He's got pointed ears, but he's also got the springy boing boing yeah, antenna. And he's supposed to be a Martian. He's a Martian. Yeah. And when he mind melts with something, he does it with the I antenna. know. It was so funny. <laughs> So there were a couple things. Also, that, when they're throwing the bomb around. Yes. And I thought, this is perfect characterization. They toss it, Kirk to McCoy, back to Kirk, Kirk to Spock, and Spock stops and looks at it. And <laughs> so McCoy takes it back, throws it back to Kirk like it's a do-over. Yeah. It's, it's so well done. It's really, really And the good. rip shirt. The rip shirt was great. Oh, my that God. Was great. Now, um, my funniest part, my funniest part, my favorite part, the thing that I thought was the funniest, was the chief engineer... <laughs> Who's called Mr. Soot. Yes. And then they call him Sooty. Sooty. And Mr. Soot is a little bear hand puppet. And I couldn't figure out why he was a little hand puppet. It doesn't matter. He's the cutest little bear. He's so funny. And he's in a little cardboard, like, two-scale engine room. And when they run out of fuel, he, he starts throwing the captain's logs into the boiler. <laughs> And he said, the boiler can't take much more. But he's a bare hand puppet. And that his name is Sooty. Sooty. <laughs> I, was, I was laughing out loud over Sooty. So that was really, really good. And the, the Enterprise looks like a, 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 a paddle <laughs> wheel. A, 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 you know, a steamship. And the way they get from the Enterprise to the planet is on a very long rope. <laughs> <laughs> and they're hundreds of miles up in space. <laughs> It was really, really good. It's very clever. You, you guys have got to go watch and, it. And there's a red shirt guy mm-hmm. who has a target painted on his back. <laughs> yeah. That was really good. I am convinced that that guy is Stevens. <gasps> yes. From accounting. <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, parts of it are, um, they're very much in, in the, if, you, if you've ever watched silent film, they're very much in that. There's a few parts where it jarred me a little because... One of the things about old movies is that the camera never moves because they couldn't because it was like too damn big. <laughs> and there's a couple of handheld shots in here which don't quite jibe with the the oldness of it. So I, I can see why they did it because it was funny. But right. It's, it's not quite. It like breaks your reality a little bit. Um, but it, it has some jokes that are very much of the um, 
um, if you've ever seen the the, the fantasy things that um, Georges Méliès did with the trip to the moon and all mm-hmm. that, where it's like quick cuts and yes. very silly looking special effects, it's like that, which is yes. good. So it, it's it's got a, a just a wonderful sense of humor. Now it says in the notes. Um, the link that I have is for YouTube that there's a slightly longer version available on their website, but oh. I didn't go to watch that. Oh, I'm going to have to go watch that. I didn't even read the notes. Yeah, that so, is fantastic. So I will find the link to do that, but yes, Steam Trek, really, really good. Cool, cool. <laughs> okay, look at his butt around the world. Yee. We got this. It's uh, The subject matter was, hey, fan mail! Yeah, we love fan mail. Okay, I'm going to read this. Um, it, because it tells a little bit about this person's past with Star Trek. Hello, yeah. ladies. I've heard you girls talk since episode 58 or 52, can't remember, and I enjoy your show very, very much. It's how I first discovered podcasting. I always get so happy when a new episode comes out, and I'm not even a super big fan of Shatner, but he's very cool. I'm mostly into TNG since it airs in Sweden, so obviously this is from Sweden, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of hard to watch since it airs when I'm in school. I used to watch it more in the past because I was sick and home from school a lot. I've never watched an episode of TOS. Wow. Well, not yet. You might laugh and ask why I listen to your show. We would never ask that. <laughs> but I'm not the richest girl on earth, and TOS isn't available in every store. I've seen it in Stockholm and Gothenburg sometimes, but all those times I've been out of money. Ha ha, bad luck. And I think you both are so good speakers, and you're both smart and so funny. I just Aww. wanted... Wanted you to know you got listeners in far away Sweden. Please continue forever. Ha ha, or something like that. <laughs> I'll keep listening to you. Hugs from Sarah. Then it says, P.S. I started listening to Lena's I Read Comics oh. yesterday. Also good. And great that you are a feminist, Lena. The world needs more. Oh, well, thank you. That's awfully nice. Second P.S. <laughs> if you didn't already know, look at his butt in Swedish is <gasps> Kola Pahans Rumpa. <laughs> I know you like words and seem to hate misspelling and wrong grammar. I'm sorry if my terrible English hurts your brain. (laughs) English better than many native speakers. (laughs) That's true. Plus, Kola Pahans Rumpa. That is great. That is fantastic. Yay! Yay! To add to the collection. Thank you so much, Sarah. That is fantastic. Thank you, Sarah. What a great email. I love it. Yes. And it, it was informative, and yeah. So now we know that our our our, our fandom uh, transcends TOS only. Oh, it's great. And what's that shit about no new fans in Trek? Oh, <laughs> shit is what it is. <laughs> Jeez, please, really. Okay, so what did a, you have something, or should I go on? No, to my next what one? else you got? I, I know oh, you got I've some got other stuff. stuff there. Okay, and I meant to talk about this ages ago. Um. Remember we were I oh we when we watched um, Star Trek Five yes oh I remember that <laughs> <laughs> and we were talking about what would uh, you know Kirk's pain be oh, yeah, and yeah. what might that be and we couldn't really come up with anything and it's real interesting this came from our friend Jamie Dunst oh yes and the great thing is great minds Jamie because the day I got this email from you I had been out walking my dog, and thinking about this very question, I came up with an answer, and it's this one of the same answers Jamie came up wow. with, so it's obviously right. Um, here's what Jamie says. I would think two of Kirk's mistakes that might eat up Kirk would be maybe not getting to know his son David better. That's true. And the destruction of the first Enterprise would be another. That's two that I could think of. I think those are great, great guesses. Really. I think they are, and what I especially like about the David one, remember how we were pointing out how... Um, McCoy's and Spock's both had to do with father issues. Yep. And here That's we true. have 
I a father-son issue. So apparently that's what eats men up forever. The family, the father-son thing. The father-son thing. So guys, if you don't want to be eaten up forever, do not have male children. Yeah. that That's the answer. And don't hate your dad, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, well, that's great. Isn't it? That Those are really good. Thanks, Jamie. We love that. Okay, talk about the list Bill's not on. <laughs> well, you forwarded this to me. Uh, hold on just a second. And, you know, lists are big. Everybody's always making lists. And this list particularly was from uh, Entertainment Weekly. They made a list of the male hotties of the 60s, and Bill was not on it. I know. Assholes. How is that even possible? I know. Not just, I'm speechless. Well, and so I went to it, and I read through the whole thing, and I, I added a comment saying, how could you not put Bill on? And I mentioned his charm and hotness mm-hmm. and his great butt, and I signed both our names. Oh, good. <laughs> so I'm hoping other people have uh, have got on, gotten on that bandwagon. Yeah. But here is a list Bill is on. Ooh. This came from Cap'n Ho. Yay! He says, one of my favorite blogs, Dave's Long Box. I love Dave's Long Box. Oh, okay. Typically focuses on comic books. However, Dave has devised a system for rating old TV shows, which is utterly brilliant. He calls it Nostalgia Metrics. And he says, you can check it out here. And uh, the thing is, he's talking about one-hour TV dramas and uh, how, how bad they are or how you can judge if yes, the show is I, good or I, not. I actually remember reading this post because I read it on a regular basis. Okay, but and you one of the things you it. get points yeah. for is who is the main guy. A show doesn't suck. It gets five points if William Shatner is the main guy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love that. So I, I think that's great. I, I think he's absolutely And it's right not just that. nostalgia. You know, that's what keeps Boston Legal from totally sucking is Bill. I, I completely agree. Yep. Yep. And Bill, as as Captain Ho points out, is one of only three actors mentioned by name. Mm-hmm. So, that's a good list. I, I am pretty sure that Dave of Dave Longbox has a man crush on, on Bill. Okay. Because he really appreciates that. I mean, he, he really digs, like, Chuck Norris, for example, which is, <laughs> you know, the same sort of thing, like, respect for that guy who can yep. do anything. Yep. Okay, this is from Amanda. This was a happy, happy thing says, hey girls, I was flipping the channels the other night and happened upon I Love the 70s, advertising a segment called Bowling with Celebrities. Jeez, this is like, I don't know, the most boring thing you can do and put celebrities in it. It's good. It features a very cute, tight pants wearing Shatner. His hair looks very impulsy. <laughs> I'm not sure what year that was filmed, but this was from 73. Sorry for the low quality movie. Amanda has enclosed a clip. Yes. You know, she takes it and made that. it into, you know, something we could watch on screen. And so you can watch Bill bowling. And, um, oh, and, and here's the other thing. It's a P.S. I have an interview in L.A. in two weeks, and on the trip, I'm going up to visit your fair city. I'm very excited to see San Francisco, as this will be my first time there. The first thing I want to see is Starfleet Academy. (laughs) (laughs) Then off to look for some nuclear vessels. (laughs) I plan on saying double dumbass on you as much as possible, but unfortunately, my travel companion will have no idea why. (laughs) So... Uh, Amanda, you totally rock. I hope you had a great time in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And uh, isn't Starfleet Academy just the most incredible thing ever? 
Um, I watched that clip, and it's too bad Bill's only in it just a little bit. And it wasn't a really good butt shot of him bending over bowling, but still, he's in a horrible shirt. Oh, my God, that that shirt, it gave me, like, an epileptic seizure (laughs) when I looked at it because of the colors and the patterns and the this and the that. And the impulsy hair. It was impulsy hair. He's absolutely right. So I'm hoping that 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 show that he was on, that bowling show, is somewhere, and that, I mean, it has to be somewhere because they showed it on MTV, like, or VH1 or whatever right. it was, like, they ex- excerpted it, so it must be in its entirety somewhere. You know, I bet they showed it on Game Show Network. Oh, my God, I bet you're right. We should ask Ivers. <laughs> you know what I have at home, and I keep meaning to bring it over? Yeah. Is um, the match games with oh, Bill yeah. and them. <laughs> we haven't watched those. And then we can talk about whether or not he did Brett Summers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really good. So what else is on your list? Let me see. I think I had a few other things on here. Oh, yes. So our good friend Junk um, sent us this link, and I think we might have mentioned this on the show once before, but I'll mention it again because um, it actually is something that gets updated fairly often. It's a blog, and it's called Bad Spock Drawings. (laughs) It's at Blogspot, so it's badspock.blogspot.com. And the person who does it, does their own drawings, and they have other people do drawings, and then he posts the drawings, I'm pretty sure it's a guy, with some commentary on each of them, and there are some really good ones lately. Um, the, the, and he updates it pretty You know what often. this is? This is the, the cheap, um, lo- low-quality version of the, the uppercase gallery thing of Bill. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Well, um, it's, it's, here was one. It's a, <laughs> this was hilarious. It's very funny. So, um, it's called a Vulcan catcher, and it's like those cootie catchers that you yeah. make where you, you know, you put the, the, fold up the paper like a little yeah. origami, and you write numbers on the inside, and then it has like a little fortune inside mm-hmm. of it, and it's got these little drawings of Spock in, with his various <laughs> expressions on his faces. And then he did a drawing right here that's called Sick Spock, and he said he felt sick, so he wanted to draw a picture of the uh-huh. way he felt as Spock, and I thought that was pretty good with his tongue sticking out. Um, and then there's another one here. Oh, ineffectual and frustrated Spock. <laughs> that was good too. God, you know, he kind of looks like Garrison Keillor. <laughs> he does. And then um, this was uh, someone else drawing Spock upside down. <laughs> That's pretty good for an upside down drawing. Yeah. So that was great. So um, it seems to get updated every couple of weeks with new drawings, with new bad drawings uh-huh. of, of bad Spock. So I just thought that was so funny. What I a like topic. the Vulcan catcher. So I don't know. Maybe, you know, um, uh, Dreams of William Shatner, bad Spock drawings. There's something about <laughs> there's a that. Trend. Yeah. So there's a picture of Spock and Kirk together on a, a, a tandem bike on a, on a planet, you know, with, with Saturn. near Saturn. Yeah. Um, they must be on one of the moons of Saturn. There's Spock playing guitar in a punk band. There's extreme Spock. Oh, He's my really God. really muscly. Um, Savage Chuck Spock and Kirk. I don't know why they're called that. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, somebody recently on one of the groups I'm on posted um, a link. They had scanned in some drawings from, uh, from early... Uh, Fanzines. Oh, that must be fun. And let me see if maybe I can find it while you continue to talk about the wonderfulness of that. Oh, these are just great. There's one that's called, um, let's see, Pretty Girl Spock, where Spock is kind of drawn like a, <laughs> <laughs> like a little child with a little skirt and kind of curly hair. Don't I have Oh, my scene? God, I think you do. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's Spock making out with a naked blonde woman, and the person who put this up, 
thinks it's from, um, it thinks it's Spock and Christine, but I don't think it uh, is. I don't think so. Because I remember having this discussion with you. I, I don't think that's Christine. Here he is with the horror. Now, I know I have this because I remember sending this to Wildcat. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyway, go on with bad stuff. Oh, <laughs> it just gets sillier and sillier. This is a funny, this is a clip from um, Miss Teen USA. In fact, I think this is the stupid girl who talked about maps and geography and that yes. there aren't enough maps. And she just happened to hold her hand up with her fingers kind of split in a Vulcan salute. And someone screen capped it, so. What a maroon. Very, very funny. I grok bad Spock. Yeah. Oh. Of Spock. Spock relaunch. Anyway, um, it's just a funny place to go um, to, to look at very, very silly pictures of bad Spock. So. Yeah. Junk's an artist, and, and I would expect that she would really like this sort of thing. Yep. She should yeah. And her, would find things like that. Yeah, she should have her own blog for Spock. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I have one more. Oh, please, go ahead. Okay. Um. Hello once again, ladies of LAHB. It is I, Spompus, he who brought you such trucking delights as bathroom fanfic. Yes. That was a classic. And the Wiggles wear TOS costumes. Today's find concerns the crew of the USS Wiggles once again. Just look at this overly stimulating cover of the New York Post. Oh, wow. Our valiant crew has been captured by a vicious pirate and his smiling, vacuous hench creatures. Or perhaps it is Journey to Babel Part 2, in which an incognito dinosaur attempts to thwart peace negotiations by deceiving our friendly but dim-witted pirate transporter <laughs> team. <City. laughs> and this is just the pilot episode. Keep up the best Trek podcast ever. I have been a little er, behind lately, but am catching up. So it is a very TOS-y Wiggles it thing. Is. It totally is. That's a funny picture. I'll put that up on the blog so people can see it. Yes. Is it advertising a live show? It's got, it says twenty dollars plus tax. Let's see what it's actually. We can blow doing. it up a little bit. Let's see if we can. Oh yes, just twenty. Oh, great, great flags, ad- great adventure, great, six flags, oh, great adventure. Wow, the Wiggles at Great Adventure. I used to go with to great a pirate adventure. and a bear and a dinosaur and a purple thing yeah. with a hat. No, see, this is the replacement Wiggle. Yeah, the Wake Up Jeff Wiggle had to drop out because he was sick. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, if any of you saw the Wiggles at Great Adventure, we'd like to know how it was. <laughs> and we want to know if the Wiggles play their own instruments. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. I think they do, actually, which is kind of scary. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. yeah, I'm the bass player on Wake Up Jeff. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Well, I think that's about it. I think so. Okay. So um, let's let's wrap it up with that. Um, we'll be back next time with even more stuff, and maybe by then we'll have more updates on movies or whatever. Or um, something. Uh, other wonderful things, and we'll know about where Trek the Tour is touring to and yeah. when. And, um, and don't forget to send us your dreams. Yeah, we want dreams. those Shatner dreams. Dreams of William Shatner. Send us your dreams. Okay. 